I was going to talk about the Citrus Bowl matchup between Alabama and Michigan and what makes me so excited to check this game out. But people, that can wait. That can wait to another time because there are some topics in life that you just don't pass up. And this one on Lane Kiffin, definitely, definitely not trying to pass this one up. So he becomes a topic of conversation as we're back in from the break on the hottest form of Alabama football news, notes, and information in my own words, the podcast with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. If you have not already done so, go ahead and drop a thumbs up, a like on the show, and subscribe. And it's because of you, the fans at TDA. We are over 7,000, 7,000 subscribers on YouTube. Continue to help us build the channel and grow the network. But Lane Kiffin, topic of conversation right now. And, uh, you know, Kiffin... Kiffin is like the Kardashian-Jenner family. You really can't stand them. You really don't want to know what they're doing, but something inside of you, it's guilty pleasure. Something forces you to click on the news article, click on the video, you know, read the clippings. Something forces you to check out, okay, what is the Kardashian-Jenner clan doing? I don't care for them. I don't really, you know, like what they do half the time. But something inside of me says, Kim Kardashian's doing this. Chloe's doing this. Courtney's doing this. The Jenner girls are doing something. Click on it, click on it, click on it so so that you're not the one who's not in the know, right? Not Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin is one of those guys in football. You may not like him, You may not halfway respect him, but it's just something about him that you just want to click on and see, you know, what in the world is Lane Kiffin doing? He's a talking point. He starts a conversation. You know, what is Lane Kiffin doing? And Kiffin, after his three-year stint with Florida Atlantic University, FAU, winning two Conference USA Championships in 2017, And in 2019, he has made his way back to the Southeastern Conference as the head coach of the University of Mississippi. On December 6th, Kiffin, it was rumored, reported that Kiffin would be the guy at Ole Miss. Three days later, on December the 9th, he has his introductory press conference being brought in as the head man for the Rebels. If you look at Kiffin's uh, kind of history here, Lane Kiffin, 44 years of age. He's a native of Lincoln, Nebraska. Kiffin will enter his 24th season as a coach next year for 2020. His 10th year as a head coach. That is kind of the uh, the timeline there on Kiffin. And uh, regardless of what a lot of people think about him, there are still some Alabama fans to this day Even with how great Steve Sarkeesian has been this year, and I'm a big fan of Sark, I'm proud of Sark. He is deserving of all the good things, all the positivity that has happened for him this year. But you still have a lot of people that, even though Sark's good, even though Sarkeesian is legit, you have folks that go, man, 
I miss Lane Kiffin, man. You know, Lane Kiffin was an innovator, man. You know, when Lane Kiffin was here, he did some things for that Alabama offense. I, I, I just miss Lane around. I know he was crazy. I know he was wild. I know he was uncontrollable. I know he was controversial, among other things. But when Lane was here, Lane just got it. You know, Lane just understood it. Lane just put Alabama in a winning situation. You still have people that have the utmost respect for Lane Kiffin, and for lack of a better term, they miss Lane Kiffin. But crazy as that all may be, and as interesting as that all sounds, Lane Kiffin has wanted the opportunity to return to the SEC with a burning passion for one reason, and that reason was hidden. That reason was unspoke of, but the reason that was reported or being put into action by the reports that have been swirling around social media since Wednesday, the unspoken reason as to why Lane Kiffin wanted to return to the SEC so badly was to get revenge against Nick Saban. Crazy, ain't it? But to get revenge against Nick Saban. Those were the reports that have been swirling around the last couple of days. And one of the things that people should know about the son of Monty Kiffin, Lane is one to hold a grudge. There is the, there's the old axiom, the old statement, you know, forgive and forget, live and let live, let bygones be bygones. You know, Lane Kiffin does not abide by those principles. And Lane Kiffin may forgive. Well, let's, let's backtrack that for a minute. We don't know if he forgives or not. He probably does. He probably doesn't. But let's say he does. Kiffin may forgive, but he's one that certainly does not forget at all. And if you look at Lane's history, you know, 2013, he was fired from being the head coach of Southern California off the tarmac at LAX in Los Angeles. He remembers that. 2009, after one year at Tennessee, volunteers, gets fired. You know, Mouth got him into some trouble. Kiffin remembers that. 2008, he was fired from being the head coach of the Oakland Raiders in the National Football League. Uh, Al Davis, God rest his soul. Al Davis could not stand Kiffin. He and Kiffin got it, got into it. They had spouts. They had spats. They had their differences. Couldn't stand them. Kiffin fired from Oakland, uh, has never forgotten that. And But his latest grief, his latest reason, his latest firing that has sparked this revenge, this want to get back to the SEC, was the firing he suffered at the hands of Nick Saban in Alabama in 2016, uh, after the college football playoff semifinal matchup against Washington at the, at the Peach Bowl in Atlanta, Georgia. Now, to the defense of Nick Saban, Kiffin did not have his best offensive play calling that day. I can attest to that because I was there on site for TDA. For the Peach Bowl, Alabama scored just 24 points in the 24-7 win over the Huskies. Granted, Washington had a great defense. Washington had a strong defense that year. But for your offense to only put up 17 points 
And the only reason why you got the 24, Ryan Anderson, thank God for the angry man. Ryan Anderson, pick six in the ball game off Jake Browning. So to Nick Saban's defense, not the strongest offensive play calling from Kiffin, but Kiffin, this burned him. This angered him. This bothered him. According to the reports, this really, truly embarrassed him because Kiffin feels as though, you know, Nick Saban took a national championship opportunity away from him, seeing how he did not coach in the 2017 college football playoff title game off the 16th season against Clemson, and Steve Sarkeesian had to coach in his place that one game. And to this day, there are quite a few, there are a number of Alabama fans, some, of course, I talk with, I speak with, and they all say, man, if Kiffin could have coached that national title game against Clemson, man, if Nick Saban and Lane Kiffin would have put put aside their differences, man, if Nick Saban could have just sucked up his pride, let it go, and let Kiffin coach that one game, Bama could have won a national championship. And that's coming from quite the number of Crimson Tide fans to this day. So little Monty Kiffin, Lane Kiffin, not one to let go of a grudge. He's he holds these grudges very, very deeply. So his reason to come back to the Southeastern Conference to coach Ole Miss to get that revenge against Nick Saban. And in these reports, he's already started to kind of make some moves in doing that. He has contacted the strength and conditioning coach of Alabama, Scott Cochran, the director of strength and conditioning, offering him an on-field coaching job. Now, Coach Cochran has not said anything. He's not made any moves. But according to the reports out there, Kiffin has made a phone call. He has contacted Scott Cochran. On top of this, Kiffin has shown interest in Carl Scott, who is on Alabama staff currently as the cornerbacks coach. He has had interest in Bo Davis, Alabama's former defensive line coach. He has even shown interest in Tosh Lapoy, the former defensive coordinator of the Crimson Tide. You're seeing the pattern here. He is going after the coaches that have some history with the Crimson Tide either on the staff currently or formerly a part of the Nick Saban regime. So Kiffin making play here in trying to, you know, get this revenge. And uh, he's done, uh, he did some good things during his time at Alabama. Kiffin wasn't all bad. He wasn't all controversy. He wasn't all negative. You know, he did some good things. And if you look at the good history, from 2014 to 2016, he proved that he was a very innovative mind. I mean, with Kiffin, you had two 3,000-yard passers, Jacob Coker and Blake Sims, or Blake Sims and Jacob Coker. You had two 1,000-yard rushers, Derrick Henry, Damian Harris. You had one 2,000-yard rusher in Derrick Henry. You had a Fred Blitnikoff Award winner in Amari Cooper in 2014. You had a Heisman winner and Derrick Henry in 2015, and you are a part of uh, being Kiffin, three Southeastern Conference championships and a college football playoff national title in 2015. So Kiffin did some good things. Lane Kiffin served a purpose. 
There are a lot of great qualities about him. But along with all the great qualities lies the ones in his personality that have you go, did you really have to do that? There are some antics that Lane Kiffin brings that make you pause, that make you concerned, that makes you worried, right? There are some things hidden in his personality that make you go, do we really, really need that a part of this program, a part of our program? So then there is that part of Lane Kiffin, but he's made some moves here in trying to seek out that revenge. And while a lot of this may seem negative and bad in terms of Nick Saban and Alabama football, I had a buddy of mine bring this into the conversation. He brought this to my attention. Good friend of mine. Huge Alabama fan. He goes, Steven, what if this is a good thing? And I kind of look at him, not really, you know, thinking about what he said, but he brings in some good points. He says, Steven, let's be honest here for a minute here. In national media, there's only one coach that holds the fire to Nick Saban. There's only one coach that holds Nick Saban's feet to the fire. That one coach is Dabo Sweeney of Clemson. He's the only guy that national media believes and holds in high regard as somebody that really pushes Nick Saban's feet to the fire and forces him to work harder in terms of the national audience. When you look at the Southeastern Conference, you know, who is that guy, Stephen, consistently that will hold or that can hold Nick Saban's feet to the fire, make him sweat a little bit, keep him on his, keep him on his toes, keep him on his game? And when my buddy said that to me, I was like, you know what? He actually brings a good piece of conversation to the table because there's not many guys, if any at all, in the SEC that consistently challenges Nick Saban. I mean, you look at, you look at, um, you know, LSU. You, well, first off, you look at Gus Malzahn. Gus Malzahn of Auburn does not hold Nick Saban's feet to the fire consistently. You have people in Auburn that want Malzahn out of there. Auburn is good every fifth year. Every blue moon, Auburn stumbles across a team that becomes really, really good. Or they stumble into being a team that can be dangerous or that can be special, that can be, you know, championship worthy. So Auburn consistently under Gus Malzahn, not one to put the fire to Nick Saban. Now, of course, some people look at, well, look at LSU. You know, LSU beat Bama this year. LSU won the SEC this year. LSU going to compete for a national championship. What about LSU? Well, what about LSU? Let's dive into that for a moment here, shall we? This was LSU's first time beating Alabama in nine tries, nine years, nine attempts. Also, when you look at LSU, could this be a situation where this was the one year it finally got things to fall into place? It was the one year it finally got things to be in order. It was the one year it finally was able to make some headway. It got the right quarterback. It got the right play cars. It got everything to fall intact. It could be that situation because if you look at it, LSU will not have Joe Burrow after this year. It more than likely probably will not have Dave Aranda after this year, seeing how the defensive coordinator is getting into some head coaching interviews. And then with Steve Elschminger, the offensive coordinator, and people are 
putting him to the back seat and lifting up Joe Brady as Joe Brady is the, you know, Brawls Award winner. People talking about, look how good the offense is. Look at how elite it is, how dynamic it is. It's because of Joe Brady, Joe Brady, Joe Brady. I mean, um, Steve Elschminger is like, I'm not chopped liver over here. So LSU could be without him. We'll have to see if LSU is consistent or not. Then you look at Kirby Smart. People just felt like, man, if there's anybody that could put the fire to Nick Saban, it's Kirby Smart. The brother has sat under the feet of the man for nine freaking years. If there's anybody that knows to tricks the trade, it'll be Kirby Smart. Well, Kirby Smart has become the biggest choke artist in college football, and it's not even funny. It's sad. It's pure sad. Has all the talent in the world, but can't win with it. Can't win with it. Had Nick Saban in the 2018 National Championship game gets punked out by the backup quarterback to a tongue of Angola. Has Nick Saban again in the 2018 Southeastern Conference Championship game gets punked out by Jalen Hurts, who was the backup quarterback that season coming off the bench. Has a chance to win the SEC Championship this year, uh, gets punked out by Joe Burrow as LSU beats it 37-10. to 10. And let's not forget, uh, Kirby Smart got beat by Tom Herman and the Texas Longhorns in the Sugar Bowl last year. So, I mean, Kirby Smart, all the talent in the world, not winning with it at this point. You can't tell the difference between he and Mark Richt. You really can't. So, going back to what my buddy said, what he mentioned, there's nobody really holding Nick Saban's feet to the fire consistently in terms of giving him a challenge in the Southeastern Conference. Could Lane Kiffin be that guy? Could Lane Kiffin be the one to challenge Saban, to push Saban, to get him to be even better than what he already is? He's already the GOAT. He's already the greatest. He's already that guy. But is Lane Kiffin the one to push him to kind of that next level, that next peak, that next echelon. He wants revenge on Nick Saban. Is Lane Kiffin the guy to push the GOAT to the next level? Folks, I want your thoughts on this. Comment your answers at the bottom here of the YouTube page, YouTube channel. Definitely want your thoughts, your uh, statements on this. We're going to take our next break here. But in my own words, don't touch that dial. Hottest show on the streets, Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Upon our return from the break, we will finally dive into the Michigan-Alabama or Alabama-Michigan Citrus Bowl matchup and why I am excited about it. Don't touch that dial, folks, as we return to end my own words. 